Welcome to episode 36 of the 4th and 24 podcast with Patrick Winograd. I'm your host, Randy Winograd. In this edition of the podcast, we will talk about Major League Baseball and a little bit of a discussion about what's going on with some of the sports teams around New York City. Let's jump right in, though, with a look back at Major League Baseball specifically. Uh, look at this week's storylines on a division-by-division basis, starting with the National League West, Patrick. Well, I've talked about how it's been the Dodgers versus Padres and how I'm surprised that the San Francisco Giants are in it. And I talked about last week how that might change depending on what the Padres did against the Dodgers and just due to the fact that it's a little bit later in the season and the Giants were playing the Phillies, which is a team that I would consider a little bit more talented than them, so I figured they might lose that series. Uh, so first, I want to address last week, the Dodgers were 11-2, San Diego was 9-5, and and San Francisco was 8-5 and as we were recording the podcast. Actually, that day, that was the day that... The Dodgers and Padres had a, what was it, 12 or 13 inning game. Uh, So that one obviously was not being counted in the results. So at the end of the day, uh, San Diego ended up technically tied with San Francisco, if you go by uh, what you would call games back in the standings. Uh, And now it is the Dodgers at 14-5. and They're 3-3 and in their last six games, despite only scoring 10 runs in total, which is frankly ridiculous. I think they're one of the only teams who can actually manage that. Uh, San Francisco is 12-7. and They had a 4-2 and week this week. But San Diego got swept by the Milwaukee Brewers and only rebounded with one win over the Dodgers uh, last night, actually. So they are 11-10. and uh, from 9-5 and five last week, which obviously isn't great. Uh, I really th- I'm really starting to believe that the Giants could actually make it a race for second place more than it's a race for first place because the Dodgers, even if they were to lose, the, even if they were to get swept in this four-game series against the Padres, would literally still win, the, would still be leading the division by one and a half or two games. So I don't see, it's not going to be sustainable either for San Diego to get swept by teams like the Brewers, because frankly, there are four or five really good teams in the NL Central that might even be better than the Brewers, frankly. Um, and I think if they're going to keep doing that, they are not. They can't rely on sweeping the Dodgers 19 games to, to win the division. It's, not, it's just not going to happen. The Dodgers still don't have Cody Bellinger. The Dodgers are still getting healthy. Uh, and speaking of that, I just said Cody Bellinger, it seems like he'll be out for some time. He suffered kind of a set, uh, a setback with a hairline fracture in his leg now. And Denelson Lamette came back for the Padres. I mentioned that he was, uh, his status was unknown. Uh, he came back, but then in the game that he came back, he threw, I think, 29, somewhere around that pitches and got re-injured again. So that's not going to bode well for them. Uh, and speaking of pitching... Uh, this is why I'm really surprised with San Francisco because I, I don't think their lineup is that productive, but I do think their pitching staff can be, and they have five shutouts this year now, which is tied with the Dodgers for the most in the league, and if you look at the NL West pitching in general, San Diego is first in the league in ERA in total at 2.54, LA is second at 2.68, and San Francisco is fourth at 2.93, so the NL West is a pitching gauntlet, and by the way, the Dodgers, uh, if you exclude some games from Colorado, that which is notoriously a hitter's park, that probably goes way, way down. So 
frankly, NL West really actually does look like it's not just Dodgers Padres anymore. I'm actually willing to throw the Giants in that conversation. Uh, I'm not even mentioning the Rockies and the Diamondbacks because let's just say they're way too far back. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, as you, as you mentioned, Bellinger's injury, they've had a ton of injuries also. Like Mookie Betts has missed some games. They're starting second baseman Gavin Lux is out. Right. Uh, Chris Taylor, utility player, who also starts for them, is out. The Dodgers have two players in their lineup. Well, right now, I mean, starting who, who two people two people got scratched yesterday. That's not really significant injury problems, but... Well, they, Luke Rayleigh's starting for the Dodgers, and uh, look it up. But Dodgers have been... Dodgers have, have been banged up a lot, and uh, given San Francisco maybe a, a chance to hang around and give them some confidence, Dodgers, I think, play the, the Giants uh, starting in a few weeks here. So they'll be off with the Padres a little bit, and I think we'll see a true test of how good the Giants are when they face the Dodgers. And and for some reason with the MLB schedule, the Dodgers don't play the the. <laughs> they don't play the Giants until like a month into the season, and then we they play the the the, the Padres seven out of nine games, but then don't play them again until June, which is very odd. I think they could have spaced that out better, but yeah, I think it's probably randomly generated, so not really. I'm not going to complain about it, but uh, it, it's interesting that it turned out that way, and it it'll be. I mean. It probably makes these two series between the Dodgers and Padres right now even more intense than they could have been, especially because it's going home for the Padres and then away for the Padres, and one of them is three games, one of them is four games. You get pretty much the same pitching staff in both of them, too, uh, and I think that adds to the intensity of it, which is great. It makes it even more of a rivalry, and frankly, I haven't seen the Giants anywhere on the upcoming schedule, so that probably means that the Dodgers are going to have to do the same thing where they play the Padres two out of three series, just like they did with the Rockies to open the season and with the Padres right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Once the Giants have to have to play the uh, play the Dodgers, we'll get a real sense of. And they also, but however, I will say they did beat the Padres two out of yes, three. That's and Tatis was playing in those games. Definitely so. one of the biggest surprises in baseball. All right, well that that that's it for the NL West, correct? Let's move on to the National League Central. Uh, this one is kind of weird. I mean, I don't really know. I don't really have a pulse on this division at all, honestly. Um, I've listed all five teams. I've just listed their records. I don't really have many notes about any of them. Uh, I mentioned that the Brewers swept the Padres, which has propelled them to number one in their division at 11 and eight. Although they did lose to the second place Cubs, uh, who are 10 and nine. They did lose to them 15 to two today. Um, the Cubs have now scored 13 runs in three of their last six games after I talked so much about how awful their offense has been. Uh, a little bit of a reversion to the mean there. Uh, so I think they actually might have doubled their run total on the season in just those three games out of a 19-game sample, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, and definitely in those six games, they doubled it. Uh, but they're 10-9. and nine. They're only one game back of the Brewers. They are playing the Brewers right now for uh, two more games this weekend. They won the first today. Uh, I don't know why it was a 10 a.m. game on a Friday, but you know what? I beats me. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, the Reds are now 9-9. Nine and nine. They've cooled off a bit. I think they still do lead the league in runs per game, though, and that might be partially because they had uh, a game against the Diamondbacks that went into extra innings and both teams scored over 10 runs. But uh, give them credit for leading the league in scoring. Uh, and then the Pirates are 9-10 and 10 without Key Brian Hayes for, I think, every game of the season. If not, he was playing in the first game and then got injured there. Uh, who is their top prospect and uh, their best up-and-coming player. He was the AL Rookie of the Year or NL Rookie of the Year favorite, I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, and then the Cardinals are 8-10. and 10. I'm not too worried about them. I think it's more of a scheduled thing. I think they'll be able to get on a run here. There are a few NL teams that are barely below 500. Or even San Diego, you could say it was 11-10, and 10, who you know at some point they're going to put it together or have a few... Uh, have a few decently sized win streaks, and all of a sudden they're going to be multiple games above 500 and have no worries about them. Yeah, and that division is just packed from the, the first place Milwaukee down to St. Louis. It's a difference of only two games in the loss column. I think we'll probably see that throughout the course of the entire regular season. I, I, I said at the beginning of the year, uh, I think when I set my my uh, my the, the ceiling for each team and the floor, uh, I... I put the ceiling for every single team as winning the division except for the Reds where I said they could get second place and lose the division by one or two games because, frankly, I think the winner of this division might actually end up with only about 90, 95 wins. And I think the winner of this division will probably have less wins than whoever is second place in the National League West. Um, And, unfortunately, the way baseball works, that NL West team will still be a wildcard team and that... That division winner will still have a higher seed and get to avoid the Dodgers in the first round. So, well, that wraps up our look at the NL Central. Let's move over to the National League East. Yeah, this division is another one that, like you said, is jam packed. Actually, with the Mets in first place, technically, I guess tied with the Phillies in first place because the Mets uh, had a few games postponed. They had they were supposed to play the Nationals, who had some COVID issues at the beginning of the season. So they actually missed out on a few games. Uh, yeah, the, the first place team has as many wins as the last place team. And the team that is tied for first place has as many losses as the last place team That's in this crazy. division. You'll never see that again. Um, That's insane. The Mets are 7-7, and seven, as I said, the tied for first place. Um, the Phillies are 9-9, nine and nine, also tied for first place. The Braves are 8-10, and 10, the Marlins are 8-10. and 10. And the Nationals are seven and nine, which if you, which is the combination of the Mets' wins and the Phillies' losses. Um, this is this is really you know this was supposed to be the deepest division in in baseball. Uh, the NL Central is supposed to be that, except for the Pirates, who aren't supposed to be very good at all. Whereas if you're looking at the worst team in this division, you're probably looking at the Marlins, who won a playoff series last year. Uh, over the Cubs, who frankly could be the best team in the NL Central. So the NL East is very, 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 very strong. Obviously, you have the Braves, who barely missed the World Series uh, last year. I mean, not not because of... Pretty much because they choked it away. Uh, don't, not going to give them that much credit. Um, but you have the Phillies, who have upgraded their roster a lot recently in the last few years. They have Bryce Harper. We all know they, they've been very talented. They've been kind of underachieving, but maybe that puts a little bit of a chip on their shoulder for this year. Uh, you have the Mets, who under their new ownership are trying to become contenders again. Um, got Francisco Lindor and Marcus Stroman in the offseason, which is clear, which are clear indications that they are trying to be a contender. They're very serious about it. Uh, it's it, I, think it, I think it will work. Uh, they can finally get DeGrom more run support. I think there's some stat about him that even though he's won uh, a Cy Young, maybe multiple, and been uh, in the top five of voting four or five times, he the Mets still have a losing record in his career in games that he starts, which is crazy. Um, it, frankly, I don't know what why why his starts are so cursed, and even with this team, he has lost games where he's... Where he's pitched, I mean, he almost tied an MLB record for strikeouts in a row, and they still took until the last inning of the game to actually get him enough run support to win the game. So, 
The Mets, the Mets. I think they might be able to turn it around, though. But look, every team in this division is good. And by the way, the Nationals, the only team I didn't mention, won the World Series two years ago. So this division is crazy good. Um, I, I do expect it to stay like this. I don't think the winner of the division is going to be 81 and 81 at the end of the season. I, I can pretty much, I, that's not going out on much of a limb there. But I do think that it'll be kind of similar to the NL Central where maybe the team isn't, the Braves in the past years have been at like 100 wins, but maybe this year you don't end up with the 100-win division winner, maybe only 90 to 95, just because it's so close. Okay, well, let's shift over to the American League, and again, we'll start on the West Coast um, with the AL West. It's starting to look like what we thought at the beginning of the season, and this time, I'm not actually joking. Uh, the A's are at the top of the AL West. Ah, but wait, the Mariners are tied with them. They are 12-7, and seven, both of them. However, I would say that the A's are in firm, in firm control of this division because they have won 11 games in a row after a 1-7 start. Uh, it has been insane. Some of the games they've won, well, frankly, not some of them, but, the, but a very specific game they shouldn't have won. The Twins made two errors with two outs in extra innings up two runs. Uh, that they they otherwise would have just won the game if they could throw somebody out at first or catch, I think it was a pop fly. Um, but regardless, if you, a win's a win, right? Um, and the Mariners are actually engaged in a hard series right now against the Red Sox, who are, we'll get to the that division later, but they are first in their division. Um, and I, I don't think the Mariners will necessarily stay there the whole season, but I could really see this team staying at maybe 80 wins and getting getting some positive signs for the future with such a young team. I mean, I don't think they had they, they had nowhere near playoff uh, aspirations before the season, and I don't think not missing the playoffs would be a disappointing season for them. Uh, there are many ways for them to exceed expectations and still miss the playoffs. Uh, on the other hand, you have the Angels who have been pretty much perennially under underachieving. Um, they always spend money, they always have a great roster, and they just never make the playoffs. And it's really sad because Mike Trout is probably one of the best players the game has ever seen, but he's still only played in one wildcard game or one series, I think it was, uh, because that the franchise just can't put the pieces around him to figure it out. They're 9-8. and eight. Uh, You could probably expect them to stay somewhere around that in terms of winning percentage, maybe sneak into the wildcard if they're lucky. Uh, the Rangers are 9-10, and 10, which uh, is better than last in the division, uh, better than I would expect them to be at this point. However, the Astros are 8-10, and 10, Crazy and surprise. they are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games, so it's not like they weren't great to start out the season. They were 6-2. and two. I think the real turning point for them was losing a series to the Tigers at home, and I think that'll put them off for a little bit, but then I, I think they'll find... It's in a 162-game season. They will find one game that they that they will barely pull out, and it'll give them a little bit of momentum, and, and a good team with a little bit of momentum is going to start winning a lot of games. I think they'll be able to pull it together soon, but the question is, will that be enough to catch the A's? Because <laughs> I, I'm not saying they're going to win 20 games in a row, but they are on a pretty good pace and they've gotten some lucky breaks to get to the 11 in the first place. They probably should be nine and two in this band, which would still be great. Um, but it might not be enough to catch the A's. So uh, the Astros kind of need to pull it together really, really soon if they want to do that. All right, let's move over to the American League Central. 
This one is still odd at the top and at the bottom. Uh, the Royals are 10-7 and seven and still on top of the division, although the White Sox are 9-9, nine and nine and they were 6-7 and seven last week, so they're inching their way up there, and I think they will continue that steady climb to get up there. I don't think the Royals will be able to hold that post for very long. Uh, the, I bet once the White Sox and the Twins start playing them, in fact, that's when it will start to go south for them. Uh, the Indians are 8-9, and nine, just barely behind the White Sox. I think they can... Probably continue a pace somewhat like that. Um, the Tigers are seven and twelve. They were six and seven before last week, or on our last podcast too. Uh, kind of got in opposite directions than the White Sox did. Um, obviously, only winning one out of six games, and including dropping some games to the Pirates, who aren't necessarily the best team. And that's also kind of why the Pirates' record is inflated and above the Cardinals uh, in the NL Central. Uh, the Twins are 6-11. They're 1-9 in their last 10. They are on a four-game losing streak right now, and they were and they got swept by the 11 wins in a row A's. Uh, I talked about how they basically threw a game away in extra innings, literally and figuratively. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. Although the Twins, in their this is not how they want to be, because normally they go completely under the radar and then still win 90-plus games, getting into the playoffs. This year... They're 6-11, and 11, and the only thing, and they have notoriety, but unfortunately it's for their position player pitching and throwing 46-mile-per-hour pitches <laughs> rather than hitting home runs. Now, if you hadn't seen that, look it up. Uh, look, look up that video. That was a sight to be seen. And also it's kind of funny because uh, I don't know if you know the background of that, but Willens Estudio came in. That's the pitcher we're talking Well, not pitcher, position player we're talking about uh, who was pitching that Actually, a few years ago, he was throwing 86, and he got seven runs put up on him. So it's actually really funny he that decided to he decided speeds. to throw 46 instead of 86, and that's what ended up being successful. Uh, maybe some teams struggling fifth starters should try it out, and maybe you could beat the Dodgers with it. Yeah, it works for Zach Greinke on occasion, but uh, <laughs> I mean, it worked for a whole inning for him. It was insane. Really funny. I mean, that's that's throwing slower than a, then like than a, fifth a little grader. league pitcher yes, from, a a further, from a major league distance. Yeah. Uh, major, major, just major league players just can't slow down their swing that much, I guess. Yep. Interesting tactic. Really hard to wait on that. <laughs> um, you got any other thoughts on the AL Central? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, as I said, I think the Royals won't keep up the pace as soon as they start playing the better teams. I think I definitely have less belief than them in as opposed to a team like the Giants in the NL West who have actually played... Not just good teams, but they have played the Padres in their division. Whereas I don't think the AL Centrals, uh, I, the AL Centrals, <laughs> I don't think the Royals have played a, a single game this season. I could be wrong, but I don't think they played a single game this season against the White Sox, the Twins, and probably not the Indians either. So they're going to need to start playing in their division to prove it to me. But I, I think if they do, that's when my opinion will start to shift. But for now, I'm going to say they're probably going to fall down later in the season. All right, well, let's move to the last of the trifecta of American League divisions with the last place team being the one that you might fully have expected to be in first place. Uh, that's the American League East. Yeah, the Red Sox 12-8, and eight, as I said, engaged in a series with the Mariners right now. Uh, those teams, we'll see who comes out on top there. They can only hurt each other because both of them need any wins they can get outside of their divisions. Uh, now that they, instead of being the Hunters, are the Hunted... <laughs> Um, the Rays have finally pulled it together. They're now 10 and 9. Don't worry about them. They're right behind the Red Sox. They'll figure it out. They'll keep going. This is a World Series caliber team. They're, they're going to be fine long term. 
the Orioles and the Blue Jays are 8-10. and 10. I'm starting to have my doubts about the Blue Jays, but I hope they can prove me wrong by beating the Rays this this weekend, as I actually predicted that they would in a series. Uh, and then you have the most obvious last place team in the league, the New York Yankees. Uh, at 7-11, and 11, they really just can't figure anything out. I don't know what it is. Um, the power numbers are a little bit down. The hitting in general has not been as good as advertised. And the pitching is, uh, well, it was ambitious to start the year, and it was really a high-risk, high-reward kind of a staff outside of Garrett Cole. And it's kind of yielded the results of just high risk and low and no reward. Um, so the Yankees kind of have to figure it out somehow. I don't know what they're going to do, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I don't know, like, if they're just going to trade for pitchers at the deadline uh, from some struggling teens. I don't know who they would be able to get. It, it, it's a very sticky situation they're in there. Um In the long run, I don't think the Red Sox are going to win that division, but I also don't think the Yankees are going to win it either. I think, frankly, the division lies in the Rays' hands and it's theirs to lose. Uh, But I do think the Red Sox probably are the most likely outside of the Rays to win that division. It's pretty crazy. Only the Tigers and the Rockies have more losses than the Yankees at this point in the season. They have Tigers and the the Rockies are the only team with 12 losses in Major League Baseball. The Yankees are... Are next at 11. It's, it's, it's pretty pathetic. Well, speaking of the Yankees, they, along with some of their fellow New York City area teams, specifically those in baseball and the NBA, have had a rough few years. Uh, Patrick, let's discuss the recent fortunes, or more appropriately, the lack thereof, of the Yankees, the Mets, the Knicks, and the Nets. Well, I wouldn't say it's necessarily misfortunes for a few of them, but uh, I think I would say... Pretty much all of them have underperformed significant expectations at one time or another, with the exception of the Knicks, who have not had high expectations <laughs> at all for a very long time. Uh, although when they had middling expectations, they had they played like the worst team in the league. Um, so still underachieving. But I, I've looked at it, and I've kind of done a case study on New York because I was thinking about it, and I'm like, wait a second. The Nets are in the playoffs and the Knicks are in the playoffs, but the Yankees are at the bottom of their division. When's the last time that has happened? And, uh, I mean, look, the Knicks haven't been above 500, I think, this late into a season since 2014. Uh, and the Nets have recently become a six-seed, seven-seed playoff team in the East, but a team that wouldn't get anywhere close to sniffing the playoffs in the West. Uh, again, now that they have their stars, they have high expectations. But let's go back to 2019. The New York Yankees were 103-59, and one of the best teams in the world. Uh, lost to the Astros in a six-game series in the ALCS. They were tied with the Dodgers for the third-best odds to win the World Series going into the season at 7-1 odds. Uh, the Mets that year were 86-76, and three games back of a wild-card spot, which becomes a theme for them. <laughs> um, they had the fourth-best odds to win the World Series in their division, so frankly... They actually, you could say they overachieved, not really, but uh, better than expectations gave people some hope that maybe they could regain some of that form that brought them to the World Series back in 2014 or 2015. It seems like the years in baseball are going by now now that we have, now that we're talking about the Mets and the Royals again after some years of, uh, pretty pathetic years after that World Series matchup for those two teams. Um, 
Then you have the Knicks, who were 17-65 and 65 and had the worst record in the league and thought they won the Zion sweepstakes, but then actually didn't. As we know, the Pelicans won the draft lottery, even with the six best odds to do so. Uh, they had the 19th best preseason odds in the league, so you could take that as they weren't supposed to be the worst team, not even close to it. Meanwhile, and this is the odd part, the Brooklyn Nets were 42-40. and 40. They were the sixth seed where they lost to the Sixers in five games, although it was a pretty it was a pretty fun series to watch if anybody remembers that. Um, they had the 28th best preseason odds in the league to win the title. They were 1,275 to 1 to win the title. Uh, by the way, most of these odds very inflated because of the Kevin Durant and Russell we- and Kevin Durant Russell Westbrook. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry Warriors were actually not even five to one or, or anything like that. They were actually favored to win the title. Like it was a singular game against somebody because they were just that good. Um, so nobody had any chance. We knew certain teams had no chance to be better than them. But if you look at that year, pretty much all of them pretty middling, excluding the Yankees. Uh, but the Nets were supposed to be 28th best. The Knicks were supposed to be 19th best. The Nets made the playoffs. The Knicks had the worst record in the league. So the Knicks pretty pathetic that year. Uh, then you move to 2020, last year, where you have some shortened odd formats. Uh, the Knicks missed the bubble at 21 and 45. Their odds took a jump from 19th best to 27th best. Uh, obviously not a jump, a backwards jump. Um, the Yankees were 33 and 27, even with the second best preseason odds in the league. And they lost to the Rays in a five-game series, although it was a best of five, so it's not like this was... Uh, it was a really close series. Everybody remembers that. Um In the ALDS, the Rays went on to lose to the Dodgers in the World Series, but again, not winning their division. Uh, That year in 2019, they did win their division, but it also was the year after the Red Sox won the World Series, so winning the division isn't good enough when your rival just won the World Series. The Mets were 26-34. and Can you guess how many games back of a wild card spot they were? Yeah, that's right, three on the head. Um, Even though there were three extra playoff teams that year, so after being three games back of a wild card spot when there were only two of them. They were still three games back when there were eight teams in the playoffs and five teams in the quote-unquote wild card, the super wild card, I think is what they called it. Maybe that might have been the NFL. Uh, But they had the 10th best odds preseason in the league to win the title and did not make a 16-team playoff, which is pretty crazy. Uh, As I said, the Knicks did not make the bubble. They went 21-45. and They had 1,001 odds to win it, so they weren't supposed to be very good. They didn't end up very good. The Nets were 35 and 37. They were the seventh seed swept by the Raptors in the bubble. Uh, they had the 12th best preseason odds in the league because there was a little bit of a uh, there was a little bit of a chance that Kevin Durant might come back from his torn ACL in the playoffs. Uh, that's what people were speculating, and people thought that at least with Kyrie Irving, this team's at least a playoff team. And then Kyrie Irving did not play when they played in the playoffs, so they got swept. Uh, and now here we are in 2021, and this is where it's very odd. We know what these teams mean historically. The Yankees being 7-11 and after, I mean, anybody who knows baseball knows that the Yankees have 27 titles and the next closest team has 9 or 11 or something like that. So the Yankees have been by far the most successful franchise probably in all of the major sports in North America. Um, definitely in terms of title winning, I mean, Lakers and Celtics are the only other ones close to them. Any other ones near 20 of their own titles. Um, 
So we know what the Yankees mean to baseball and for them to spend all this money and be, frankly, I think they the only team that spends more than them is the Dodgers, if the Dodgers even do this year. Um, for them to be last in the AL East at 7-11 is really disappointing. They had the second best preseason odds behind the reigning champion Dodgers um, to win the league, and here they are fifth in their division. Uh, the Mets are 7-7, seven seven, as we talked about. They're first in the NL East, and they are considered, which is considered the best division in baseball. And they had tied for the fourth best preseason odds in the league at ten to one, only behind the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Padres to win the win the title. Although they were tied with teams in their division too. So the Mets actually representing New York now as the best team in New York in baseball. It seems, which is weird. And the other thing that's weird is that we thought going into this year the Knicks would really have to bow down to the Nets. Uh, frankly, that's not happening. The Knicks are 32-27. and 27, um, 28th best preseason odds. And they still are the fifth seed in the East right now. Uh, while the Nets, obviously, are 39-19, and 19, star-studded roster. We don't need to talk about them. Third best preseason odds, whatever. Second seed in the East, whatever, whatever. That's what happens when you stack your roster with three all-stars. Um... I just wanted to look at this because I think it's very interesting how every year there's a dynamic about how these two teams are supposed to be in comparison to each other in each league, where you have the Yankees, who are supposed to be much better than the Mets, and the Knicks, who are supposed to be much better than the Nets, and every single year the expectation changes. It always seems to reverse, to double back in reverse. Um, you have the Nets, who are supposed to be way better than the Knicks this year. The Yankees are still supposed to be dominating over the Mets because they're just supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. And yet somehow you have the Yankees completely struggling. Uh, and when you take into account the Nets' injury issues, I actually don't think there's much of a difference between the Nets and the Knicks right now. And when you compare that from third worst preseason odds to third best preseason odds and the teams ending up in about the same place. It looks like things are looking up for the old guard in New York, excluding baseball. It looks like it's shifting to a new guard in Queens or Flushing or wherever the Mets say they're from. <laughs> okay. Well, with that, uh, we're wrapping this edition of the fourth and 24 podcast. Please join us for our next podcast, which will be on Monday, April 26th where we will have our weekly look back at the latest NBA action and see the accuracy of Patrick's weekend predictions. In the meantime, be sure to check out Patrick's additional content, including his MLB power rankings, on our website, 4thand24.com. That's the number 4, T-H-A-N-D, the number 24.com. Thank you for listening.